welcome to Jammin' and Jammies. I'm Megan Barker. We are sitting down with some of our favorite music creators and industry leaders. We're going to find out how they got where they are and get some valuable insights into the music world. You can watch the interviews online or tune into the podcast. Just check out jamminandjammies.com for all the details. Today, we are sitting down with my friend Raleigh Keegan. Raleigh is a rising country artist and songwriter here in Nashville with a lot going on. So let's find out how he does it. Raleigh, how you doing? Megan, you are so good at this. That intro was oh, killer. I mean, good job. Oh, thanks. I've done it a few times now. I'm doing good. I'm doing good. How are you? I'm so good. It's so good to see you. It feels like I haven't seen you in a long time. So this is going to be really fun. Heck yeah. You've changed your hair since I last saw you. I, I have. I am typical girl. I get bored. You, okay, have not, you, get... you have not changed your hair, but you still look great. <laughs> I, have not, I have not gotten bored of my $10 haircut. <laughs> That is true. <laughs> hey, I like it. I like a good deal. Um, okay, yeah. I want to start at the beginning. Tell everyone, please, where you're from and were you always into music? Yeah, I grew up, I was adopted, grew up about 15 minutes north of the, the river in Cincinnati. Mm -hmm. And uh, parents got me a piano when I was like seven. They found a free piano in Michigan, drove us up in a minivan. Mm and drove it back like eight hours in a minivan, this upright yeah. piano. Got that and um, started taking lessons when I was a kid. And I mean, my brother did too, but I think my parents saw that like, it was something that I really connected with and I was, I kind of excelled at. So they, you know, I, I did music all through middle school, high school. I was a jazz trombone player, which is oh, wow. super attractive, I know. Um, oh yeah. No, I'm kidding. And no. And then uh, let's see. When it came to country music, though, I went to college to play football, met my wife when I was in college, and she introduced me to Zach Brown Band. And their early stuff kind of made me smitten with country music. And then I got into like everyone, like Chris Stapleton, Miranda Lambert, mm -hmm. Eric Church, you know, all the good ones. Right. <laughs> you know, I started to go down that rabbit rabbit hole and I don't know never look back that's kind of how the music journey started so when did you move to Nashville 2017 okay when so you, did you move 2017 February no way yeah cool. yeah that's crazy um okay so what's the first thing you do when you get to Nashville in your opinion or what did you do when you first got to Nashville what did I do I tried to write every song that I thought would make me popular and failed miserably. That's what I thought you were supposed to do. You know, you try to, I don't know, like there's this unspoken pressure of like, we got to write this type of song. Yep. And for me, like some people are killer at that, like right. absolutely monsters at that. I can't do that. And I've got to, you know, I, and I guess that's probably why I'm an artist and not just a writer is because like, I've got to, it's got to come from this, this real place from within me. You know, I can't, if I could, if I could sell something that I didn't like, I'd already be super rich. But yeah, so that's what I did. I started just writing and writing and writing. And then it took like a year for me to realize like, oh, no one in the industry cares about what I was doing. So I literally just started doing what I wanted. Yeah. And it was funny. As soon as I did that, 
started to get attention and <laughs> started to like it. And it was, it's, it was very counterintuitive. I mean, everybody's been in the industry for like a little bit knows that, but yeah. when you're first, when you're new, you don't know that you think right. we were here on music row to chase the hits. Um, and we are, but it's like, we talked about this a little bit before the podcast started, but like, we're looking for magic, not just like good songs, like things yeah. that you can't, things that you can't uh, understand how they came to be. It's yeah. just so many random coincidences and people in different rooms and ideas and strengths and weaknesses that like put those all together. And sometimes you get magic and sometimes yeah. you don't. And so that's kind of what I started with it in Nashville. Yeah. yeah. The stars have to align for real, for, for the hit songs that we hear on the radio, like so many things have to happen for that to happen. Um, I mean, it's kind of like hitting the lottery from my understanding. Yeah. Um, even if it's a kill- Doesn't matter. It's a killer song. Like it's still, there's so much, there's so much red tape and yeah. like things that, and that's part of it. It's just part of our industry, but it's like, you're right. It's not. Yeah. Anyways, keep going. I, I No, I was just going to say, I saw Rusty Gaston the other day, a little snippet of him talking online. And he said, um, talking about all of his writers and Rusty Gaston runs uh, like Sony music publishing Sony. guys for Nashville. Yeah. And he's like a legend. Everybody loves him. And he's a real song person. And he was saying he's got writers that write great songs every day. He said, you can't poke a hole in it. You can't fix it. It's not broken but it's just not magic and you're not going to write magic every day is basically what he was saying. And um, I think we all need that reminder. Cause like you said, we're chasing, chasing, chasing. And uh, we don't always know what we're chasing after. That's what's funny. This, this hit songwriter <laughs> that I wrote with one time, this, this like discouraged me so much cause I was new, <laughs> but he said, man, I probably write four songs a year that are cuttable and one that could be a single. <laughs> I was like, <laughs> so depressing. I so like, depressing. And, and, and we write, I mean, I don't know how many, how many times you write these days. I probably write close to a hundred, 150 songs a year, something like that. I'm sure you yeah. do too. Yeah. But it's when you first hear those numbers, it's really depressing. So when you first, if you're just getting to Nashville or you're thinking about doing it, it can be a little overwhelming, but I think that is what makes it, that's what, that's what makes it special. That's you got to be in it for the love because mm. there's really no, no, no guarantee that you're going to have success in any measurable amount of time. Oh my gosh. Yeah. That just hit. I just, this is weird, but I kind of just got to chill. <laughs> <laughs> you know, it, I think it just reinforces that you love it and you're doing what you're supposed to be doing. And we're going to be here until something happens, you know, yeah, it's like, I don't know. They always say you don't choose music. It chooses you. And there's yeah. just, you know, I think there's truth in that. I, I really do. I don't know. I don't know many people that are just in this for the money. Like, do you? <laughs> <laughs> Maybe Ashley Gorley. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> yeah. Maybe the multi-billionaires, but I mean like people start now. Like, yeah, no, nobody starts out just because you think you're going to make a lot of money or for the girls. I've, I've heard that guys, a lot of guys start playing guitar for the girls, but um... I, I'll say this. I was always a keys player, picked up the acoustic guitar one summer to impress Shelby, my wife. And, and, <laughs> and it works. I'm one of those, I am one of those losers. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. Okay. Well, you, you started to talk a little bit about co-writing. So I want to dive into that because you've written with some of Nashville's biggest songwriters. Um, what is your biggest takeaway from that? And what do you need to do to impress big writers to get in the room with you? Tell us all about it. Ooh, my takeaway is that, um, 
Nashville is a town that has a plethora of talent. I can't believe I used the word plethora. Well played. But, 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 and here's the thing. I've written with a lot of hit writers and they don't, it doesn't always work. Like, Mm -hmm. so what I mean is like, there's so much talent in Nashville. The best advice I can give anyone and hit songwriters would tell you this would be to find your people that like, there's, there's some kind of kindred spirit when it comes to songwriting that you can't quite explain. Um, But I don't know to impress them. I think I think a lot of the stuff for me has just been like, and you do this too, but like just grinding for years, like and increasing social media presence. And I think that's kind of some of the, some of the ways besides, you know, just trying to create quality music and sending people music like that. I think those are two ways to really get into some of these rooms, like that you don't deserve to be in. <laughs> right, right. Well, every hit writer wants to be a part of the next big thing. So I think every writer is open to writing with somebody else. But you, like you said, not everything's going to be a good fit. Just because you love a song somebody else wrote doesn't necessarily mean you guys are going to be good together in the room. And something that I've learned, and this is more about you, but something that I've learned is just because you're really good friends with someone doesn't mean you're going to work well together in the room either. And I don't think it should matter. You can be really good friends and maybe not write the best together. Sure. What do you, what do you think? Oh, oh, for sure. I mean, I think that's totally true. One of, it reminds me, um, one of my good friends is Nicole Miller. She's a killer writer and we Amazing. can't write. We can't really? write together. No, we can't do it. Like every time we do it, we like write like nothing. We just sit there. <laughs> um, but anyways, yeah, I, I totally get that. Yeah. And it's, and it's, it's a strange thing because it's like, you do, you do all of that other stuff. I mentioned the social media and the business side of this whole thing you do all of that so that you can keep just for me simply it's like a necessity for me to be able to keep doing this that's right that's right yeah it's like it's like having a job honestly it's like the grunt work is the social media and the networking and the emails just so that you can be on stage for however you know an hour a night yeah and and the 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 social media thing is interesting because i have a theory you ready for this theory i'm so ready i think I think everyone hates it. I think oh. everyone, I think everyone hates it and acts like they don't. And some people are better at faking it than others. Now, I like it in some senses because, like, you know, both of us are independent, so it's like it gives us a real chance to actually connect with people, mm-hmm. like to get our music out there, which yeah. like didn't used to exist. So there's like a lot of goods about social media. But like, I think the rat race that, especially as an artist, that you feel like all of the tasks that you've got to do to kind of yeah. keep this shit moving um, is substantial. So it's like it adding is. on top of that social media and stuff. Um, I Yeah, I just have the secret theory that like everyone's just doing this because they think mm-hmm. they have to. <laughs> but 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 you kind of do. Like, I don't blame people. Like, you, yeah. you're not... It, if, if someone doesn't discover you on a phone, you don't exist nowadays. Absolutely. Even, you know? even for songwriters, I think you're right. And I was talking with somebody last week and they were like, even songwriters, if you're not in Nashville or if you're in Nashville and you're not on social media, nobody knows you're here. So like, even if you don't want to be an artist, even if you just want to be a songwriter, you got to be on Instagram and at least be posting something or Facebook or TikTok, whatever it is. 
Um, I think you're right. I think everyone secretly hates it and we're all just doing what we got to do. I mean, of yeah. course, of course there's positives, but yeah. And we're stressful. all going to go, we're all going to go kicking and screaming into the metaverse here in a few. <laughs> <laughs> you're driving by my hair. No, no. Yeah. More. God. That's what I thought when, when TikTok came along, I was like, no, I don't need another platform to think about. I know. I fought that one for a long time, Megan. Yeah, we all fought it, man. And then here I it is. I was like, holy smokes, I <laughs> hate it. <laughs> and then Instagram is now doing their version of TikTok and YouTube's doing their version of TikTok. And it's just, it's just constant. You just have to be like this content machine, but be writing songs that are authentic to you as an artist. And um, by the way, we got to talk about Spotify because your Spotify is really impressive for someone who's an independent artist. And that is one of those things like kind of like Instagram. Now, nobody knows how to grow on Instagram anymore. A few years ago, it was different, totally different animal. I've been sitting stagnant right at 10 for a couple of years now. I don't know how to grow, um, but I don't know. What do you want to talk about? Instagram, you want to talk about Spotify? <laughs> we got two different either, directions. E- either one, either one. <laughs> whatever, whatever floats your boat, because you've done a great job at all of it. So, you know, when I first started this, um, I basically worked my, I just worked myself to death and burned out for a little bit, but I'm, I'm doing much better years later. When I first started, I like made a database of every uh, Spotify playlist. Yeah. And like, I mean, I just like, sorry to those of you out there that I did this too, but I messaged them like 20 times. Some yeah. of them <laughs> borderline harassment. <laughs> Now, 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 and some of that, some of that work that got my start on Spotify. And then um, really, I did some advertising from Facebook, Instagram, swipe up ads to Spotify, just targeting country fans. And um, kind of just word of mouth, dude, every person, every per. okay, here's what I do. Every person who follows me on Instagram, I try to have a conversation with them. Oh, and- brilliant. I, I try to have a conversation with them and I try to be real and just like, see if they connect, see if we connect or whatever. And, and um, that's just one way that I feel like word of mouth has helped because like, if you, if you kind of can take an hour a day to do that, then it goes a long way with people. Like they start to share you with their friends mm-hmm. when they might not have before. I don't know. So that's been kind of my strategy with, like the Instagram and Spotify stuff, but it's brilliant. Dude, and- for like a, for a couple years though, I, I felt so much like, my gosh, I'm not growing on Spotify. Why can I not get on these playlists? Why can I not like, why, why does no one at Spotify like me? You know? <laughs> Everyone hates Raleigh. It's a, it's a group, it's a group on Facebook, but I, I think your strategy is brilliant and taking the time to try to connect with your fans is ingenious. And you know what? Ultimately, I think as musicians, digital followers, we hope will translate to people at shows, you know, and if you're building those personal connections with people all over the country, all over the world, they're going to show up at your show. Yeah. It's, that's one okay i've we trashed social media there for a while but that's one great thing it's like right. you know 10 years ago was it even possible to have an independent career was it i don't know or like it looked different def- it looked different like i don't know that you could there's just so many tools now that we can actually like make a living at this yeah you know that's pretty cool 
It's amazing. And I, I don't think we're trashing social media because we wouldn't be having this conversation right now if it weren't for social media. Yeah. I think we're trashing is like the pressure of it from the industry that it has to, there has to be a certain number of followers and a certain amount of engagement. And we know that there's people that cheat left and right. We know there's people who buy followers. We know there's people that have a ton of money that pour. So it's, it's really just like the pressure of it and what it's, what it does to artists. I think it's not really that we're trashing social media yeah. itself and the algorithms. I think we're all a little PO'd at the algorithms changing and working against us. Yeah. 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 And yeah. <laughs> working for everyone to hate each other. <laughs> like, yeah. <laughs> I yeah. mean, it's like, Oh man, it's, it's a, it's a weird world, but it's like trying to navigate that so that we can keep doing what sets our, as Ashley McBride says, do what sets your heart on fire, you know? And yeah. Exactly. Just so we keep doing that. It's like navigating that, like yeah. the rough waters of that. It is. And so okay, just to be clear, we're not really, we don't really hate social media. I think we just hate the to-do list that comes with it and the pressure. <laughs> for sure. For yeah. sure. Yeah. I definitely hate social media in and of itself. I mean, it's just everything we've already talked about. I mean, right. it's the right. wild west. But you are a hustler, you were a grinder, and you were one of the first people, I think four or five years ago now, that I was talking to about Spotify. And I was like, friend, let me in. Like, how do we do this? Because I was feeling the same way at the time. And you were one of the first people who taught me about looking at playlists and the, the people who run them and going on Facebook and stalking them. And um, and I think a ton of people started doing that right after you, but you were a trailblazer. Trying to be. I was yeah. Googling way into the furnace yes, and you were sharing the knowledge which I really appreciate because some people like to keep everything so quiet and secretive and I'm oh, I've always been of the mind of like if I know anything I'm gonna share because why not so I well you're that. one say that again you said you're you're one of the good ones that's oh, why thanks oh you're yeah. one of the good ones too well okay I think we've inspired people already you can grow your social media you can't grow your Spotify you just gotta hustle and burn out a little it's fine yeah, I don't know. I don't know if that was encouraging or not. <laughs> <laughs> well, let's let's talk about labels and publishers. Okay, now you're sure. in, independent as, as far as I know since the last time we've talked. Do you think that you need a publisher or a label to be successful as an artist? Uh, to be successful, that's an interesting question because um, this is this might be cliche, but defining success for each individual person is a different thing. Yeah. Um, so, so let's you talk can, mainstream. You can be successful with a publisher and with a label, and you can be successful without them. And it's it. kind of what path you want to take. Um, now, for 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 mainstream, I still think it's the same, to be honest, because yeah. because I think we're in we're in. I mean, one great example is Tyler Childers. I mean, yeah. Tyler Childers. If, if he's not mainstream, he's selling out arenas. Right. Like, he's never been on country radio. Right. Like, that's ridiculous. I know. You know what I'm saying? Um, so, to make the argument that you need a label and need uh, a publisher is just not true. But right. it's, but they, certainly the right partnerships in the industry, like, can right. Absolutely help you. The right team can absolutely be everything. Yeah. Know? And and you know what? We should probably distinguish for anyone who's watching that's green is like you can not have a publisher, not have a label, but still have a team. I mean, it takes a lot oh, yeah. of people to uh sell out an arena. 
you know, so yep. even though Tyler Childers doesn't have, uh, I'm sure he has publishing, but I don't know. I should he, do my research he, now, but my point, he has everything <clears throat> now trying to do with Sony in New York, but oh, okay. But now, but I'm sure it was before, like management a little bit and some partnerships, like you said. Yeah. I think for a long, I think they held off as uh-huh. long as they, you know, mm-hmm. and then for, for the people who are listening, what you can do, if you really build up something special, which is once again, one in a million, but you can do it. So hard. Uh, um, you can use your fan base as leverage with these labels. So what, what they can do is, is really kind of put fire to the, put gas on the flame. Um, once, once you've already got the business going. Right. Um, and that's kind of what Tyler did. I mean, and he's blown up more since. Crazy. And then, you know, I'm just like thinking out loud now at this point and thinking about Casey Musgraves, who I was on the Casey Musgraves train early on. I remember when she was a baby. Oh my gosh. I loved her. Um, and I still do obviously, but I remember there was like a distinct moment where, she wasn't getting airplay. It was like, she's another artist who doesn't get any airplay and is selling out arenas. But I remember a moment when she, I read an article that she had like changed her team. She changed her management. She changed her booking. Everything changed in her life. And it was like shaken up, but that's when she started getting Grammys and that's when she started selling out arenas. And uh, so, you know, take that with. Yeah, huge fan. I'm a huge. Yeah. She's, she's, she's one of the good ones. She's one Um, of the good ones. But yeah, you're right. I mean, uh, I don't know, man. What, what's next? <laughs> what's next? Yeah. I mean, sometimes a change needs to be made, I guess. What is next for you? What are you working on and what is your dream? Ooh, I'm working on finishing a project called, I don't think I've announced this, but it's called A Tale of Seven Cities. Yeah, and it's exclusive here on Jammin' and Jammies. Yeah, that's right. It's called A Tale <laughs> And it's basically um, seven songs with cities in the title with different stories from each city. And then at the at the very end, it's a wrap up song that kind of ties them all together. So it's kind of like a concept record that I'm really, really proud of. But I, you know, it's a little different from I I mean, I'm kind of I kind of want to be one of those artists that evolves a little bit. You know, it's just a different version of me from from record to record. It's not like obnoxious pop or anything like that. It's just. It's just me in a different light. And I kind of want to keep doing that on every project. So I'm pretty hyped for this one. Okay. Well, I know you said you haven't announced it or talked about it much, but like, where did this idea come from? Okay. So I was watching that or not Netflix Hulu Mm -hmm. because they, because it Hulu didn't have commercials her. Sorry. Hulu does have commercials. So I, during one of the commercials, somebody said a tale of two cities Mm -hmm. And I, you know, like as songwriters, like someone says something and sometimes you'd like to, you, you do that and you like try to flip stuff around. Yeah. And I was like, and, and as a songwriter, I'm always looking for like something that says it's yeah. easy to say, or it's like the illiterate alliteration Same. like seven. Yes. And I had, I had already had a few songs written with cities in the title that like, I loved, I was just like, I've got to figure out how to do this. And it kind of just came together. And I was wow. just like seven cities and that's amazing yeah what a cool idea okay so when can you tell us to kind of expect soon cool yeah so there's actually there's two songs out right now from it one's called new to nashville and one's called send my love to lexington okay those are on there that makes sense okay yeah cool and so 
there'll be more. There's another one coming at the end of March and then we're just going to kind of keep going. I don't know. I don't know if it, I haven't decided yet if I'm going to do just all singles or release it as a project or yeah, going to be a project at the end. I just don't know how many singles I'm going to do. Yeah. That's awesome. That's so exciting. And that is the ultimate decision that I always am talking about with other artists is do I put singles out? Do I put a whole project out? Do people care anymore? It's so hard. Ooh. Yeah. I'll tell you this. I, d- I did a record last year and um, awesome record, by the way. Thank you. And, and the, the songs that were singles stream substantially better. And I was so annoyed by that. Cause like, it was like, I, we did like, I don't know, like eight or nine singles out of 13. And yeah. then, then it was like, I was really excited about some of the, in the last group of them. Mm-hmm. And they just like died after, you know what I'm saying? <laughs> Cause it was like, Oh man, this algorithm, there's something to this. Have you ever been stunned by a song that took off? Did you ever think like, wow, I never expected that song to do as well as it did? Maybe not yet. Uh, no, there's, there's, I would say looking like that, <laughs> really? which, is my very, which is my very first song. Um, people still ask for that all the time. It's catchy. And I remember that song. It is a catchy, it's a catchy song. Yeah. Um, yeah, but I, I can't I think I was kind of surprised because I kind of did like a different kind of acoustic version of it. And that's yeah. what kind of off. It was strange. Wow. So. Well, I, you know, maybe you know how to pick singles. And when you're done being a superstar, you can go into A&R. Let's hope. <laughs> Let's hope. OK, but like, is that the ultimate goal? Let's talk about your ultimate dream. Ooh. I mean, honestly, what's in my heart is like. And I, this has been like reaffirmed recently. Um, I really did start this whole thing out of like this deep passion for music. And I was living in Lexington, Kentucky with Shelby, my wife, and we sold our house to pay for looking like that in that first project and um, moved to Nashville. And like, I was just thinking about that the other day. Like, why do I continue to do this? And it's really the exact same thing. It's like the fact, the, the fact that I can go hang out with people and create something that didn't exist and sometimes is magical is like such a life-giving experience. Um, that I mean, so all that to say, um, I want to like provide for my family in any way that that looks like and keep writing and releasing music period. I don't know where that's going to take me, but like, I'm going to follow my heart and I'm going to release what I want to release, write what I want to write and let the cards fall where they fall. I love it. So you're living the dream already, really? In a way. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, that's in a way I'm, do- I'm certainly doing it. It's, mm-hmm. it's just, uh, you know, everyone who's listening, you've got to define that for yourself. Um, yes. of course like, we would all be lying to think that we don't want more listeners. We don't want more people to love our music. Of course, like, of course, but at the, like the core though, what's the yeah. core yeah. and the core for me is like, man, I get to do this. Like, I can't believe that. And yeah, so you got to define the dream for you and that's the dream for me. So what's yeah. your dream? 
What is my dream? Well, I mean, same. Uh, of course, I'd love to to do arenas like Tyler Childers and Casey Musgraves, and that's the dream. And we'll see what happens. But I think I think it's been a really interesting time in the last couple of years. We had a lot of time to reflect and and have things reaffirmed. And I'm reaffirmed almost daily that I'm doing the right things, and I want to write for other people and write for myself and continue to be blessed to live this musical journey yeah. of life. I love it. Really do, and get to meet wonderful people like you. Ditto. (laughs) A couple more quick questions. What is the best or worst piece of advice you've gotten? In music or just in general? Well, either whatever comes to mind. Ooh. Um. Best piece of advice in writing music would be um, write five hundred songs and don't look up. Like (laughs) I love that. I don't know. I, I remember somebody telling me that like because i don't know we all we all know that it's just like it takes so long to actually get good at this <laughs> so much longer than you think yeah you know so that's i would really say that advice that's the best um and write bad songs you know that's another one that you hear a lot like you know sometimes writer's block can not exist and what i mean by that is like just write a bad song Amen. like just move through you know just uh I don't know that was good advice that's great advice I remember hearing Clay Mills years ago say that writer's block doesn't exist you're just setting the bar too high and that literally changed my life because until then I I believed the hype that there's this this like invisible force that can come over you and make you incapable of being creative and there's not you're just you know not as juicy one day as the next perhaps and just get after it it is what it is. It is what it is. Yeah. It is, it is hard to look kind of like when you're first starting out, you know, it is hard to learn that it's hard oh, to yeah. learn. I can't always be incredible. Right. Um, right. And it's super hard when you start writing with other people and you're not having the greatest morning and you show up and you're like, I'm writing with this person today that I'm so excited about. I do not feel like myself. It's tough. Uh-huh. And, and it affects how you, yeah, it affects how you interact with them. It affects mm-hmm. how the right goes. Nothing feels worse than like being really excited for a big right. And then you go in and bomb. Like you just, you're just off and you suck, you know, like that's yeah. happened to me many times. I really do believe and that everyone has to go through that and it sucks. But you know what? At, at, the, at the same time, I always bet on myself. I don't know about you, but I always just kind of like dig deep and don't think about it too much. You're awesome go do what you do. No, there's not another you around. So just do it. I do that now. I do that now. <laughs> yeah. When I started, I didn't do that. There's a lot of crying in the car when I first started. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Probably for me too, though. Yeah. For real. yeah. Okay. That's really great advice. Okay. Um, one more question then. Uh, it's been a really rough couple of years. I don't know about you, but I've seen a lot of friends go home, which is totally fine. Um, totally understandable, but what would you say to somebody that is thinking about going home? You know, they're thinking of throwing in the towel because their Spotify is not taking off or they're not getting any meetings or any big rights. What would you say to somebody right now that's watching? I would, I would have compassion for that person just because like, I understand that um, there's just like so many factors to becoming successful that in some of which are out of your control. And like there are so many people in this town who are really, really good. And 
um, can't can't move forward, like can't are having a hard time moving forward. And especially now that it's like, okay, because of COVID and because of our the way our industry's shaken out, there's less publishing deals going around. Right. There's less there's less record deals going around. Um, it's it's harder financially on the business because I mean, apparently I wasn't here then, but like back in like the nineties, like there was just like a plethora of cat. I've said plethora twice now. Uh, there's there was just like a ton of cash to go around. It was yeah. like signing development. People were getting development deals for half a million dollars and right. like, and pu- big publishing deals and the business has changed a lot. So for that person, I mean, I would say you need to like gut check what we've been talking about. Like, you know, is, is the music worth the pain? Um, is really what it, what it comes down to but i would do that in a way that's like man i understand like this is just such a bear of a task it really is um it really is and <laughs> i mean i'm thinking of someone i'm not going to name their name but i'm thinking of someone in particular who's like maybe the one of the most talented people i've ever came across who's got like less than a thousand monthly listeners on Spotify. Mm -hmm. That's insane. Like, how does that exist? You know, like (laughs) nothing, you know, this whole thing isn't fair. And and I do think coming to terms with that, that it isn't fair is helpful. Like, and dealing with that because like resentment will kill you. Bitterness will kill you. And I've been, I've been all those things before. (laughs) Me too. So I don't know. That's, that's probably what I would tell them. I would say, keep your head up. I don't know. Like that's good advice. And you never know when magic's going to strike. You just don't, you could write a hit song tomorrow. You can meet somebody who believes in you tomorrow. You just don't know. Yeah. That's the, um, uh, they say, uh, who told me this? If you just don't quit, you'll win. Like if you just simply don't quit, like that, I, I think Cassidy Lynn told me that. Uh, she's a great writer, but uh, yeah. Yeah, it's fantastic advice. And two, I don't mean to go off on a tangent, but you're just so inspiring is like, I think every artist kind of pursues things differently. Like you've really gone after social media and the digital thing and connecting with your fans and building a following that way. And then there's some people that chase the industry folks and they they end up signing a deal with a thousand Instagram followers and you're like, how, but like they made those core music row connections. So there's, there's different avenues that I think people pursue harder than others too. So you just never know. It's a great point. You never know where your, uh, your break's going to come from. So follow your gut. Like you said, that's, that's a great point. Yeah. I think it's, it's imperative, man, but I would just tell them don't quit. Don't if quit. it's in you, don't quit. Like, I don't know. I would, I don't know. I love it. Well, thank you so much for sitting down with us and, and giving us all of this wisdom. We'll have to do it again and deep dive again into everything about your new record and, and all the things that have come. Yeah. Thank you for having me. You're good at this, by the way. Good oh, job. thanks, my friend. <laughs> thanks for doing it. Well, we'll catch up again real soon and uh, have some fun shows this summer. Okay. See ya. Bye. Bye. Bye.